Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Bennett. I tell you what, living in an apartment building, it uh, it's always full of surprises here. There's a, there's an Indian man from like East India, right? Not not the Native American incorrect way to, and you know what I'm talking about, right? From India, he is uh, teaching his two children to dance in our parking garage. Now, you, you know, I was about to say, how weird is that? But I'm sitting in my car recording a podcast. So really, if anything, I mean, this guy's a family man, at least. I'm down here by myself, ignoring my family, you know? Oh, I got these new headphones on. I don't know if this is working out for me. Bought these fancy headphones. They're like 350 bucks. They were on sale for 99 That's a That's a sign right there. Something wrong on sale for 99 The amount of noise in these things. Oh, my God. I'm going back to my old headphones. Holy crap, right? Anyway, guys, just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. They pull you back in. I, listen, long-time listeners of the podcast, long-time listeners of the podcast, you guys know that uh, I've been talking about maybe winding down a little bit of comedy. Right, maybe, maybe even retirement. You know, I, I had planned to retire at fifty-five. That was kind of my thought that if I'm not, you know, somebody famous, and the only reason I say famous is because when gigs are good enough, you know, why turn them down? So if I'm sixty years old, but I'm selling out theaters, you know, by sending out a tweet or whatever they have in twenty years when I'm sixty, sending out a, a hollow gram a hologram like a hologram message from my butt you know some whatever whatever it is oh he's got a fartogram he just farted out that he's uh playing sarasota and then if that sells out then you know maybe i keep doing it right but at my level at at a a pretty much no-name comedian who yes i get gigs i get work but I mean, people aren't knocking down the door going, oh, we need to see Mark Bennett. I mean, they should, right? But they don't. And I'm living in Canada now, and I've got, I got a kid, and i got another one on the way. What are the chances I'm going to go down to the United States and Los Angeles or New York and become a household name? You know? No, probably not. So this is why I was thinking I'll retire at 55. Because... I know enough guys. I know enough guys who have been doing it after the age of 55 in Canada, and they just, you know, a lot of it is not good. It's not a type of life that you'd want. So just retire from the old comedy at 55. That's what I was originally thinking. Then I started getting news from my doctor that my bones were completely disappearing. Now, when you hear that, you think, well, that seems weird. Then you know, and then the second thought is, well, what can I do about this? And uh, yeah, I just think that some of it is stress related. You know, I got, it seems it seems that I have a stomach problem. At least this is what my acupuncture lady said to me. I have a stomach problem. I don't absorb my nutrients properly. And so, if that's the case, having a nervous tummy, as they'd say, and you're crapping out all your nutrients. Maybe I should do less of the things that give me a nervous tummy. And stand-up, as long as I've been doing it, it still, it still kind of makes me queasy in the guts. You know, it's, it's a performance. You still kind of get amped up, you know. And I'm not going to—there's no shame in that. You know, there's, there's NHL players who throw up before every game, 
or so I used to hear. It just, it's a performance. You got to get up for it. You know, you, you, you can win. You can lose. You can go out there. You can do a great show. Or you can go out there and have a shit show. And uh, you know what? Just because I've been doing it a long time doesn't mean that it's not embarrassing. If you get up and you don't do great, sometimes that you can get embarrassed. And that just adds. That adds to the, to the shitty shit, you know? The runny stool. TMI, guys. T-M-I. Sorry. Just had to cough. But here's the thing. So I'm thinking, well, let's maybe, maybe I'll take a break from comedy for a little while. Because if it is my stomach and not doing comedy enables me to keep more of my nutrients, hence live longer, then maybe I, I stop doing it. Right? You got to you got to prioritize, guys. You don't want to die you know doing anything. Nothing's worth dying for, right? Except freedom. No, freedom. That's what the politicians tell us anyway. Guys, listen, let's not get off track. All right? What I'm saying is thinking about winding it down. Thinking about maybe even like a little hiatus if not a semi-retirement. And what happens? But friggin' interest in your old buddy Mark Bennett. Just, you know what, guys? Isn't life just one big kick in the nuts after another? Just, where do you get off getting interested in me now? Bunch of bookers. What's your problem? You, you ignore me. Ignore me for forever. Then all of a sudden now everyone's coming out of the woodwork. Now that I'm like, now that I'm getting friggin' The idea that I should stop doing it. Now there's people showing up. They saw me at some goddamn show. And they were like, can we see you again? And I was like, eh, well, I guess. You know, old 28-year-old Mark Bennett would be like, oh my God, this is such an opportunity for me. You know, this is the greatest how I used to talk when I was 28. Ew, no wonder no one liked me. That's, that's why nobody would book me for any shows. Oh my God, guys, this is such a great show. So, they come out, they come out, they watch me. And guys, of course, it's me, right? What am I going to do, a shitty job? No, of course. They're fantastic. And I had a good set, right? And um, then they just, and and I say to my wife after it, I'm like, yeah, I had a good set, but nobody talked to me afterwards, you know, because so there's these people, they're there to see you, right? To book you on potentially, I don't know. Pretty good shows. Something to raise the name a little bit. Something to pad the pocketbook a little bit, right? I'm not saying it because I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to tell you what it is or who it is, so I won't. Don't worry, you probably don't know it anyway. I'm I'm Canadian. I don't know, unless you're literally a Canadian in the Canadian comedy scene, you probably don't know what I'm talking about even when I do tell you which I will eventually, but not on this podcast. So these people, they go to a show to see someone else because, you know, who's coming to see me? Nobody. Nobody ever. So they're going there to see someone else. That's how I get everything, by the way. That's how I got uh, to go to all the festivals I've gone to, all the comedy shows I've gone to. The only thing that I entered on my own accord 
was the San Francisco Comedy Contest. That was it. Everything else, people were there to see other people, and they saw me, and they were like, hey, who are you? And I'm like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a guy. And then, and then I go do their thing, you know, their festival or their contest or whatever. But nobody ever comes to see me. God, heaven forbid, you come to see Mark Bennett. Anyway, I got to get, people, people basically have to run into me by chance, by dumb luck. And I don't know. Maybe that's how it happens for everybody else, too, but it's definitely how it happens for me. So they're there to see someone else. Uh, they see me. They're like, can you do another set that we can watch? I'm like, well, you just watched one. What else do you need? Anyway, they need a second one. They gave me some specifics about what they want to see. So I'm like, all right, I'll do it. But I go, I go home from the set, right? So I, I've done the set they've requested. They went and they saw it. I booked them tickets. Um, the Some comedy club was nice enough to put me on uh, when I asked for a favor. And uh, they just threw me up so I could do my 15 minutes. And they uh, they didn't sp- speak to me afterwards, these people who, who went there to see me. They just left. And so I took that as not the greatest sign in the world, right? You just you bolt without talking to me. It's, it's like, well, okay. Whatever. That's what I said. I'm used to that guy. I've been in his business 15 years. 16. So many years I've forgotten one. I've been in his business 16 years. I don't expect nothing from nobody. That's how I am. Does that, is that, if you say nothing from nobody, does that mean you're expecting something? Is that a double negative? Anyway, whether or not that phrase makes sense, I don't expect nothing from nobody. So, um, Man, this car's getting cold. I didn't turn on the, didn't turn it on because I don't want to waste gas. You know, long time listeners to the podcast, you guys know that we sold our Prius and now we're driving a gas guzzling SUV because we have children. And what are you going to do? Pile them into a very sensible Prius? No, they don't let you do that because the car seats are too big. Let's not get into that again. You guys want to know about that stuff? You can, there's plenty of podcasts about that where I rant about that. One of my friends, she listens to the podcast, and she said at one point when I was trying to make the decision about what car to buy, she was just screaming just into her uh, iPhone because she was listening on the, as the, at the podcast on the iPhone, I guess. She was screaming into it, just buy a fucking car. Anyone. Just buy anyone. Just shut up about it. Because I, I, uh, I obsessed. I obsess over a lot of things, guys. Anyway, so they don't talk to me afterwards. Now, I'm, I'm going, I go home, I say to my wife, you know what, I don't have any shows for at least a month, and I am really friggin' glad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to focus on a diet. Oh, I'll tell you about that in a minute. I'm going to try to focus on a diet, try to get these bones back. going to focus on making some YouTube videos, you know, because I enjoy the cameras. going to take some pictures. Maybe get up early in the morning, take some pictures. I like photography. You don't go and just take a little break, right? I had a busy December, January, and February. So just take a little break and uh, try to get a little bit better, right? And I'm saying to Sarah, this is good. I can go into my maybe my semi-retirement now. And these people, what do they do today? They write me. And they're like, hey, you just wanted to say we really want you to do the thing. It was really good. I was like, oh, yeah. And, like, I won't, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, you appreciate it. You, um, 
and you're glad that you do well. Like, I want to do well more than anything. That's all I want in, in life is to be good at comedy. That's all I want. And so I'm glad when people think that you're good. That is so great. But what they're offering is is definitely not retiring from comedy. It is the opposite of that. It is ratcheting. Is that what the phrase is? Ratcheting, ratcheting it up? I saw Brian Cranston say that in some interview. It's got stuck in my head. Season two was just like season one, but ratcheted up. And it sounded really terrible when he said it. But I can't get it out of my brain. Now I'm using ratcheted all the time. So they, he was talking about Sneaky Pete, which is a good show, by the way, on Amazon Prime, Sneaky Pete. You should watch that. And Brian Cranston, yeah, I, he, I know he's a longtime listener of the podcast. And I'm sorry, dude. It's just that you, you were a little overdramatic in that interview. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So not retiring. Going to have more diarrhea. And it makes you wonder, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix this tummy and stay doing comedy when clearly, and what that, was, that wasn't the only thing either. Uh, some radio show called me. They wanted me to come down and do a, some interview for something. I'm like, what? Why? Literally on the phone. Why? <laughs> they just, they had no idea what I was talking about. It's just no one ever calls me for anything. I am Johnny under the radar. I just go out. I do my job. I go home. No one's ever heard of me. No one ever will. That's the way I looked at it. And all of a sudden, people are calling me. I'm like, how do you know I'm at the comedy club? They're like, oh, because, you know, someone told us you were at the comedy club. I'm like, who? Who told you? Was it my dad? So they're just like, hey, come on down to the radio station. We'll do fucking blah, blah, blah. We have this interview. I I didn't like the interview, personally. I mean, to... T- I don't know. The lady, she just, she wanted to talk. She was good at talking, but it's just, I'm sitting there going, why am I here? Did you, did you just need someone to talk to? You wanted someone to look at while you're spoken to your microphone and I'll just sit here and not say anything. All right. Fair enough. It's her radio show. She can do whatever she wants. It was nice of her to invite me down, but again, weird. And then these people come and they asked me to do that thing. And then there was someone else. Oh, and another place. There's another guy from a comedy club in the Yukon. He said he wanted to stop down to see me see, so he could bring me up to the Yukon. I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going on? Who knows about me? What's happening? Is this a prank? Is Ashton Kutcher, is he still doing that show? Is he still with Demi Moore? What's happening? Like three, four things. Some festival, some comedy things that some tour, some club in the Yukon, and radio stations. What's all in like one week? And the week, of course, the week that I was deciding I'm going on a hiatus. Can you fucking, isn't life just a kick right in the old gonads? Just when, when, when you want those things, where are they? Where are they? When you have other things on your mind, like staying alive, that's when they show up. Hey, by the way, I know you wanted to focus on your health and try to get a little bit better, but we have some offers that you cannot possibly refuse. Welcome to purgatory, my friend. I don't know. It's just, who knows? Like I, 
I know I don't accept good news anyway in any kind of good fashion. I know that. I always have. I've always done that wrong. I know I should be saying, oh, it's so nice. I'm so happy. But I've always been like that. I remember one time I got a uh, a commercial. Because I used to audition for shit, which I don't do anymore because I hate it. And I used to audition for um, commercials and stuff. And then I got one. And then uh, my roommate at the time, he said, uh, like afterwards, he was like, hey, congratulations, you got the commercial. And I was like, oh, it's about time. I've been auditioning for like years. And I, this is the first thing I've gotten. And he was like, okay, well, then we won't celebrate. Because I bought a couple of cigars. We were going to, I was going to say, let's smoke some cigars and have some fun. But you're that kind of mood, no thanks. And then he left. And I thought to myself, that was a good lesson my friend taught me that I have not learned at all to this day. You should really appreciate when good things happen. Not poo-poo them. But I'm a poo-pooer, guys. I am a watery poo-pooer. That's why my bones are so bad. This is a disgusting podcast. Listen up, guys. All I'm saying is that it's like the ladies. This is this is a good lesson. And maybe and maybe like the fellas as well. When you're not looking for it, that's when it happens. That's how I met my wife. I had sworn off women. I said meeting women at comedy shows is the worst idea in the world. Don't even do it. Don't even try to do the one night stand thing. It's uh cuz that's not it's not good. I mean, maybe some people, sociopaths and stuff can do it. But to me, it's like one one of the two people, at least, is walking away going, ha, ah, did I do a good job? Or does that person re- even really like me? Or do I have a disease? You know, something. I don't. So I didn't like the one night stand no matter what. And a relationship, they just, of course, that's ridiculous. Trying to have a relationship when you, you're on the road doing comedy and I was moving to Los Angeles and all that stuff. So I swore off women, I'm never going to do it. And then, and then my wife, I meet her at this show, and then she just basically, I don't know, she gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. Same friggin' thing. No strings attached. Blah, da, da, blah, blah. Just have some fun. Who cares? Yeah, I know you're moving to L.A., whatever. And then we just kept friggin' doing it. Kept having long distance, long distance from Ottawa to Los Angeles, because I met her in Ottawa. Hey, honest to God. Our relationship started long distance, Ottawa to Toronto, then Ottawa to Los Angeles. I, and we, we and now we're married and about to have a second kid. Why? Because I didn't want it. That's why. Well, so maybe that is a good lesson then. Because I didn't want it, and then I got it. And now I don't necessarily want to be doing more comedy because I'm, you know, for my very valid reasons. But maybe it'll turn out to be a good thing. Just like my marriage. I have two little rug rats. One of whom is trying to be put to bed right now. He was really upset that I was leaving the apartment to go do a podcast. I felt bad about it. I shouldn't have done it. But I'll go back. He'll still be awake by the time I go back. He doesn't go to sleep very easily. So any hoozles. It's a lesson for you out there. When you're not looking for something. When you stop looking for it. It's not that when you're not looking for it. It's just that you have to pursue it for a while, and then you got to come to, like, better... you, you got to change your brain around. Focus, shift your priorities. Once you shift your priorities, 
for whatever reason, the thing that you were looking for, it appears. I Look, I know I sound like a ladies' man. I know I look like a ladies' man, but I am not. And I was focused for a very long time on the idea of how I would get a lady, you know, a living, breathing lady. And it never happened. It wouldn't work. I had no girlfriends all throughout high school, a couple of dates here and there, no girlfriends throughout university, a couple of dates here and there. And then, uh, then when I started going, screw those goddamn girls, not literally, of course, I, uh, I'm focusing on comedy. Then these girls, they would show up at shows and they'd like ask me out and I'd be like, nah, no thanks, got stuff to do. And I got time to fraternize with the likes of you with your long hair and your painted nails. Get out of here. But, you know, a few of them, you date for a while, a couple of girlfriends, but still focused on the career. But then when I totally swore off them, boom, married. Now look at me, 16 years in the business, getting better, right? <laughs> Just turning into a shell of a human being. Just what is this goddamn bottle making all this noise? Get out of here. I was, I'm, in the back of, I'm in the back of the car where the windows are tinted. So the, the Indian man teaching his kids to dance won't see that I'm back here with a microphone. Oh, he saw me. Okay. Time to back, back away. All right. So, um, what was I saying? Right. Swore off the ladies. Boom. Married. Now, literally thinking about retirement. At least semi-retirement. I was thinking, you know, until I get the bones back on track or maybe the kids are both in school, you know, maybe, maybe about four years from now I'll start up again as a 44-year-old man. Thinking that. And boom. Would you like to do something that you've been trying to do for at least 10 years? The thing I was offered, I've been trying to do for 10 years. You know? And another thing that I might be getting, I've been trying to do for 13 years. And honest to God, right? I don't know. What else can I swear off of? I, you know what? I don't need money. I definitely don't need to make $5 million. I swear off $5 million. Let's see if that happens next year. I don't. What else can I tell you guys? I <laughs> just my good news is bad news. You know? But now on the on the bright side, when I have bad news, I say it's it's good news. Not not always. But like I, I don't I don't take bad news maybe as bad as other people. But I and I certainly I know for sure I don't take good news as good as other people. I uh, will say this. I did a nice run of comedy, like I was telling you. The last one was at uh, my Favorite club, the Absolute Comedy Club. As you guys have heard me mention several times, I was over in Ottawa headlining that, and uh, it was good. It was good, except that uh, we're just we're kicking people out left, right, and center. They uh, a, a group of thirty people, thirty people. You know, the place holds like one seventy, so thirty people. They just all got kicked out about about ten minutes into the show. They so it was this woman's birthday, and she stood up 
And because uh, the host was saying, okay, does anyone have any birthdays? And then, like, the place started going ape shit. So the host was like, okay, forget it. We're not going to, like, you could, he could just see the rails were, the, the, the show was coming off the rails immediately. So he's like, no, we're not going to do any birthdays. I'm not talking to you savages anymore. And uh, this lady stood up and she goes, hey, it's my birthday. He said, okay, all right, fine. It's your birthday. He goes, and it's her birthday. She's pointing at a lady who looks like her. She goes, that's my twin sister. And it's her birthday too, bitch. That's what she said to the male host of the show. And he's like, okay, you got to you sit down. And the security guard with security guard, the door guy. They don't have any security guards. That's one of their problems, I think, at the club. Love the club. Need some security guards. Anyway, they, the, the door guy pushed her down into her seat, which she didn't like, of course. And uh, she was already drunk. And she was saying that, that her boyfriend, my boyfriend's going to fuck you up, she was saying to the uh, door guy. And um, then a little, uh, like, I'm not on stage. The, the middle act is on stage. Mark Anthony Synagoga. He's on stage. I took some video of it. I sent it to him. And, um... They're standing up, and they're all and and so the the door people are like, okay, you got to leave now because they won't stop screaming. So they were screaming. I I kind of jumped ahead. They were screaming at the host, "It's my birthday, bitch!" Blah blah blah. He gets through his set. He brings up the first act. He's like struggling to keep the attention of the audience. So finally, he just goes, "Okay, fuck. What do you guys want back at the table of thirty? What do you want? What you need some attention? Is is it your birthday? Is that what's happening?" And then the whole fucking place went, you know just chaos so they they got kicked out and they stood up and they whipped a water bottle at uh mark anthony synagoga and he's sitting there going dude if you'd hit me with that i would have fucking killed you and i love that that was great because i think people think they can do whatever they want to a comic but this guy's a six foot five dude he can eat you don't just whip shit at him you know that was another reason made me want to come back home and hit the weights again you know what i mean like i just want even though with my bones, I won't be actually capable of getting into a fight. I just want to look like I'm capable. You know what I mean? Make a beautiful corpse. I just want to look. I just I want to look so good that when people find out I have no bones, they'll be like, "What? You? You don't have no. You have no bones, but you, you're fucking. You're Mr. Olympia. You look good. You look good, Arnold." So um. They just, they got booted. And then on the next show, someone got booted. And the show after that, Sunday, right? That one was, by the way, that first one where the 30 people got kicked out. It was an early show on Saturday. The early show. Sometimes we expect that Friday late or something like that. But Jesus, Saturday early. Then the Sunday show. The Sunday. At 8. 8 o'clock in the evening on a Sunday. This woman started screaming at me. And she combined two of my jokes and said she was offended, and I'm like, oh yeah, but those are two separate jokes, and you, you just, you, you're using, she basically, she said that I was insulting Enrique Iglesias's cat, and I, and that she was not going to stand for that, so I'm assuming that was kind of a joke she was trying to say, because I had done a joke about Enrique Iglesias, and I had done a joke about a cat, and she combined them, and she was like, you know, you can't insult his cat, and then so they're like, okay, you got to go. Whatever it is that you're doing, get out of here. And um, I don't know, man. I'm seeing this more and more at the comedy clubs, buddy. This uh, this idea that people can just get away with whatever they want. This, it's a culture of outrage is what this is it's happening. Like you, you guys might have a couple of podcasts ago, 
I talked about how this this cop got into uh, this guy said, I'm a, I'm a fucking cop. And he um, got almost got into an altercation with another audience member. And uh, Mark Anthony Sinagoga, he said, yeah, the last club he was at, a fist fight broke out between two guys. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, comedy has never been a shrinking violets game. You know what I mean? Like, you know you're going to have a little bit. Like, it's people, the people are out and they're drinking and it's late at night. You know what I mean? You can, you don't expect it to be a fucking uh, afternoon puppet show. You know what I mean? Unless it's puppetry of the penis. Because that would be, I'm assuming that'd be a raunchy show. But what's happening lately is that it's just, it's, it's been ratcheted up a notch. There's, people are, are so quick to start screaming bloody murder in the faces of everybody. I, um, I don't like it, man. Another reason I was going to say me retire. But now they've dragged me back in. It's good news, though, guys. Who knows? Maybe that's, hear that? That's probably what will end up happening. Not only will I uh, have to do whatever they're offering me now, but that'll, it'll start this domino effect of how I'll actually turn into somebody that people know. And I'll get this thing and I'll get that thing. And then I won't be able to retire at 55. And I'll be saying to you guys, because I'll be still, I'll still be still be doing this fucking podcast. Because, right? Unless podcasting is not a thing, I'm still going to be doing it. At 55, I'll be saying to you guys, remember when I said I was going to retire 15 years ago? Well, guess I'm going to have to do fucking Jimmy Fallon or whoever the new Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon's son who hosts The Tonight Show. I don't know, man. I think it'll be good. I just need to get it. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the the diet. All right, so please, Mark, it's so interesting. I know, right? No, it's just that uh, intermittent fasting. I know I sound like a lunatic every time I'm talking here. I'm trying to, I'm, it's just I'm trying to whittle down a way to get a better stomach but still take the medication that the doctors have given me because the medication gives me a bad stomach. So you, you see the problem? So whereas I think the doctor's wrong, you hear that. You hear what I'm saying. I think the doctor's wrong. Of course, that's unlikely. Likely they're right, so I don't want to stop taking their medication even though it seems to be giving me a worse stomach, which gives me a worse condition, right? So now I'm thinking, how do I take their meds and fix my stomach? And I was talking about doing that all-meat diet for a while, and I still am heavily considering it. It's just I had meat a couple of times last week, and I got such vicious heartburn. I don't know if it'll work out for me. But so now my, one of my friends, uh, famous comedian Deborah Giovanni, you guys might know her, and uh, she's down in the States tearing it up. She was telling me about intermittent fasting, and I started looking at that. Man, oh, man, that's, that seems like a good idea, this intermittent fasting. So there's all kinds of different ways to do it, and you can eat whatever you want. They don't care what you eat. They're just telling you when you should eat. And so the one that appeals to me, I think, the most is the 16-hour-a-day fast. So basically... There's an eight-hour period of time where you can eat. So from, like, say, you know, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., you can eat. And then the other 16 hours, you don't eat. Apparently, that gives your stomach 
enough time to like heal its gut flora and get its good gut bacteria and uh, and you burn off some some stored fat and it increases your 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 HGH your human growth hormone that sounds good sounds like something that'll help my bones right so I'm figuring if that fixes my stomach and gives me the HGH then that's pretty good and maybe I don't need to do the all meat diet and I can still take the medicine and all that stuff right or maybe but see, that's the thing. Maybe one of the reasons the all-meat diet works for people is that basically you only eat once or twice a day a shit ton of meat, and then you don't eat for the rest of the day. So it really is intermittent fasting. Like those people are definitely taking a 16-hour break in between meals for sure. So maybe that's the reason it's working. Besides the fact that it's giving you tons of protein and iron and all the meat has a lot of things you need in it, you know? So maybe I'll try that. And then who knows? And maybe I won't retire at 55. Oh, no, see? Now I can't say that. Because if you want it, you won't get it. You got to swear off it. That's when you get it. So that when you get it, you're conflicted. That's the only way life works. That seriously was the way with my wife, too. I was like, ah, I'm moving to Los Angeles, but she seems like a great girl. Oh, of course it would happen now, right? Same thing with this. Sure, these things, these are things I wanted, these comedy things, but oh, but right now, ah, it had to be now. Of course, that's the way it always is, baby. You know, they'll be like, hey, can you come do, you know, David Letterman's come out of retirement and he wants you to be on his first show. It's like, my kid is graduating. And Letterman will be like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, ah, purgatory. You know? That's life for you. But you got to find a way through, guys. You got to prioritize what's important. And I have, I, I'm not going to turn these things down, I don't think. But I will say this. If I'm not getting any better very soon, then fuck, man. You got to do what's right. You got to prioritize the right things. That is probably why I'm, I'm uh, getting some attention right now. Because I'm focused on my family and my health, that I'm probably loosey-goosey up on stage. I'm probably not nervous the way I used to be. You know, I probably uh, jumped the shark, as they'd say. You know, that's from Happy Days, Jump the Shark, where Fonzie, they say, like, it, it's hit a, it's when a, a point in a, in a show where there's no going back. So, because Fonzie... They were making him more and more ridiculous. He was becoming a parody of himself with his coolness. Then at one point, he decided he was going to jump a shark on a jet ski or a surfboard or some shit. And he did it. He jumped over a shark in the water. And they say from that point on, there's no going back. There's no going back to the old happy days. From now on, we're the show where Fonzie jumped the shark. So that's where the phrase comes from where you jumped the shark. At least I read that somewhere, and it could be completely inaccurate, but uh, let's let's pretend it is accurate. So, you know, that's the thing. What am I, at one point, you know, you, you can't go back. It's like there's this, there's this uh, cup, uh, Starbucks cup. It said, the right combination of praise and success in the wrong area can keep you trapped for life. Something like that. And I always thought that was about like a dead-end job, you know? 
the nine to fiver and I was an artist doing this shit. But now I'm looking at this. It's the same thing. The right amount of success, the right amount of praise. All of a sudden you're getting sucked further and further into a life of bone degradation or in some people's cases, family degradation. You know, they start ignoring their wife and kids because they want to go off and be some kind of celebrity, some kind of superstar. No, you got to get your priorities in line. And I think mine are in line. And that's partly coincidence from not having any success for the first 16 years. And the other part is uh, also coincidence. The fact that my health is not the greatest. So you start to really focus on what's important. And it isn't as important for me to get a TV show as it is to stay with my family, with my wife and kids, and with and to try to stay around too to be healthy so i will do the right thing if i'm not getting any better i'll find a way to slow down and get better but for now good news guys i'm gonna be a celebrity thanks so much for listening i gotta go upstairs and see if my son is still screaming papa don't go to work that's what he was yelling papa don't go to work i'm not even going to work i'm doing a fucking podcast in the back of the goddamn car This was a terrible decision. I'm going to go up and see him. Okay. I said shut up. Good night.